give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah! And get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Welcome to another Monday night edition of the Monday Night Kickoff Show. <laughs> I am your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me as always, my co-host, and, well, folks, listen, this guy just pretty much puts it down every time he shows up at a tournament, Mr. Pepe Bardo. <laughs> hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, Congratulations, luck, brother, on your, on your win. <laughs> Thanks. It's all luck. All luck, man. <laughs> Yeah, all luck, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, 100, 107 inches total? 107 inches on four redfish. Four redfish total aggregate inches. 107 inches. Yep. There you go. It was, and, uh, and our- it, it was uh, you know, um, it was nice to see that I, you know, you know, it's always those people are. You know, all those all those guys that are fishing this tournament are really nice people. Everybody there was really nice and stuff, and all good fishermen. Um, and I was very happy to see our good friend Wade Hollowell in second place with a hundred yeah. inches. So, you know, that was that was really good. I mean, he had he had some really good fish too. So, um, yeah, we did. We did really well. We we split up. You know, he went to one area, I went to another area. You know, completely different launches and everything like that, and and still did pretty good. I mean, um, I was undecided in the morning where I was going to go, but I talked to Wade in the morning, and I was like, ah, it all depends on how many trucks I see going to where you're going and stuff. If I see a lot of trucks going that way, I ain't going there. And that's exactly what happened. I saw like 10 or 12 trucks turn into where he was going. And I called him on the cell phone. I go, I'm not going there. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so so it was good. It was good. I'll, I would say this. Uh, um, I went to the area. I, of course, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been fishing a few areas just for this tournament, trying to figure out to see where these fish are. Um, and... Let me tell you, Chuck, it was the most, probably one of the most beautiful mornings that I have had fishing-wise as far as sight fishing, the way I was sight fishing on Saturday morning. It was flat, calm out there. And, Chuck, when I am telling you that I had, I had, I saw, I'm not, I saw over 100 tails probably on Saturday morning. I saw over 100 tails. And when I'm telling you brooms, these were brooms that were popping up 10 yards from my kayak. I mean, that's how close they were to me. <laughs> and just, you know, and it was one of those mornings that was great because I would actually, you know, toss at them. You know how those big fish are. They're finicky with, with, with artificials. They don't like artificials that much. So I was actually able to get one to eat 
uh, Slayer uh, Ink Lures um, uh, Pearl SSB. Um, right. The other one, they were real finicky. They didn't want anything else, and and it was um, it was one of those things that I'll I'll actually get one get one to eat like that, or I'll spook them a little bit. I'll so close to them, I'll spook them a little bit. They'll get up, humped up. The water will hump up. Move ten yards and stop again. They'll get right down again. They were not even moving anywhere. They were just staying there. <laughs> so hmm. it was. It was off. It would have been, you know, it would have been even better, Chuck, with a fly rod out there yesterday, uh, Saturday. That would have been ideal with a fly rod because they were huh. just there. They weren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, was, man. Well, yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, it, you know, I caught seven reds total um, that day. Um, biggest one was a 40-incher. I did lose two more. I did lose two more. Redfish probably just as big as that one or bigger. I don't know because I, I all I all I know is that I was bowed up on two more of them and uh, and the hook popped out on both of them. So um, I had that, that and then I caught over ten or twelve trout, something like that. I caught trout. I caught jacks, and then to top it off, like around twelve o'clock in the afternoon, I'm fishing this one area there. Um, I see some water movement, you know, that looks like a school of reds. I throw into that school of reds, and I hook up, fighting that fish and stuff like that. It feels like a good red, too. It feels like a really good red. I'm like, okay, good. This is another good red. Boom, bring him in. I'm looking at the water going, wait a second. I go, I don't see the copper on this fish. Where's the copper? looks kind of dark to me. And when I look to see him next to the boat, it's a black drum. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yep. I got into a black drum during a redfish tournament. I'm sitting there. I'm happy I caught a black drum, but I'm like, God, I don't want this now. You know, not now. This is, this, yeah. you know, I want reds right now, not a black drum. <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. But, you know, it was a big school of black drum, man. I, I was not expecting that. I did not expect that at all. Um that's awesome. But yeah, I had, it was a great day. It was it was an awesome, awesome day. I mean, it was one of those days. Did not have a flats boat within a hundred yards of me. Did not have another kayak within a hundred yards of me. I mean, it was just one of those days that I was just it just everything just worked out perfect. It was a perfect day. Perfect day. Can't complain. Nice. Well, congratulations again, man. You keep racking up all these tournament wins and. In places and yep, you uh, you are indeed the man, sir. Yeah, man. Thank you, thank you, man. And uh, I hope those fish are still sticking around for next Saturday's Emily tournament because you know where I'm going. I'm going straight yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, so so folks, this weekend uh, coming up here in Titusville. We have the HelpEmilyNow.org uh, tournament. It's uh, a tournament put together to help raise money for uh, Emily Rouse to help keep her in her school for all of her therapy costs and such. Um, it's a great time to come out and have a good time. Lots of raffle prizes, lots of silent auction type stuff. Um, you can still sign up. You can sign up all the way up until the morning of. Uh, the captains, There will be a captain's meeting this year. It's going to be held at uh, kayaks by Bo and QV Outfitters uh, located there in Titusville. So 
Uh, feel free to swing on by. We're going to have some specials going on in both sides of the shop for the event. Um, so if you need to pick up any last-minute items or whatever, we'll get you covered there. And then uh, the next day will be the, the actual tournament. So the captain's meeting, the idea is to not have to have the line wrapped around the building like we did last time. Um, for folks that want to try and get out there and get on the water early, if you can make it to the captain's meeting, you don't have to – I don't believe – I believe – you will not have to check in in the morning. I think that if you make it to the captain's meeting, you can just run out to the water and fish. If you can't make the captain's meeting, you got to go by and check in the morning to get your token and stuff. So, uh, but there's that. And then what else? Do we have? Oh, so it was recently announced that the top prize for the uh, for next year's Bahamas Extreme Kayak Fishing Tournament. Will be, the Battle of the Bahamas will be $10,000 top prize. Ten grand. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm going to be sitting there with my finger on the enter button ready to, ready to pay my way as soon as that registration comes available. I know it's going to sell out quick this year. Uh, after all the publicity that that got last year, uh, it just makes sense to jump on board and get on it as fast as you possibly can so that you can uh, – enjoy the opportunity of fishing in the Bahamas via kayak. So uh, $10,000. a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, when you're talking $10,000, Chuck, it's one of those things at that tournament, if, if you don't think that boat guys, boat guys are not going to get a kayak and try to enter that tournament, you're gonna mm-hmm. you watch, watch. Oh yeah, ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. You will have boat guys that do not fish out of kayaks trying. They're gonna they're gonna try to enter this tournament because of the money. I'm telling you. I mean, I'm telling you right now. This is gonna be. This will. This tournament will probably sell out in record time. Because it's just. I mean, it's just crazy. Ten grand. Like, not only that, but it's in the Bahamas. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, second place, thirty five hundred bucks, I believe. I thought I saw, and and they have a thousand dollar billfish or marlin uh, uh, total prize as well. So lots and lots of money, dude. Just think about it for a second. If you see, if you took if you took the billfish and the top spot, you know, and the Calcutta, you can come home with some serious yeah. loot in your pocket, dude. So definitely one to look out for. Um, Joe Hector down there in Miami area, uh, South Florida area, uh, the, that guy is just killing it. He's putting it on and, and throwing it down and, and making all other kayak tournaments look almost in, in, insignificant anymore. So um, I hope it's I hope that's kind of the way of the future. I hope that we're going to start seeing bigger dollar he, he, type tournaments. Yeah, it's it's raising the bar, Chuck. It's raising the bar. Yep, and that's what this industry needs. I mean, we're we're definitely getting the growth spurt. Uh, still, uh, we're in the infantile stages of this industry, truly. So uh, it will be interesting to see how other other big tournaments maybe adapt and and take a peek at what he's doing and use it as as leverage to try and uh, you know come up with something really cool, a much better payout situation where it would get more interest and stuff like that. Um, of course, also too, don't forget uh, we kind of missed our intro where we normally would do everything. I was just excited to congratulate Peppy, and we'll get to Wade here in a second. I know he's on the line. Um, boondoggle, 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 right? Everyone's excited about the boondoggle coming back to Cars Park. 
that will be Columbus Day weekend in October. Uh, if you have not registered, do so now. If you register, if you don't even have to camp. If you just go on their website and register, if you're local, and show up at the event, I think it's Saturday night, you get to play Rochambeau against Woody from um, Native Watercraft. Yeah, I think Woody. Uh, I think uh, Chuck. To to I think Woody is doing the Rochambeau on Friday night. Oh, is it Friday night? I think he is doing it on Friday night. He I saw one of his posts saying that he is going to do that on Friday night. I think. Oh, that's cool. That'll give somebody a day to fish out of their new boat. So um, at least a day. Uh, so there you go. But just just you'll find all that information on the website. Um, the it's kayakfishingboondoggle.com. Um, yeah, they've got 20-something vendors that are going to be there. Uh, myself and Tom Altif from Kayaks by Bo, we're going to have tents set up. Uh, I believe I've got Skinny Water Culture and RCI hanging out with me in my booth um, the day of, and then we'll have demos and stuff like that going on over at the Kayaks by Bo booth. Um, we'll have all kinds of boats out there for demos. So uh, stop by, say hello, maybe grab a refreshing beverage. I'm sure there will be some laying around. Perhaps some that you don't want to play with. We'll have to like <laughs> qualify you first before you can dip into that stuff. But um, there you go. So that's that. Um, I got to do a little bit of fishing as well. Uh, not not a whole lot. I was pulling Alex's chain. I think Alex is on the phone too. I was pulling his chain last night. I didn't catch crap. The port sucks. Don't go to the port. There's nothing going on but ribbon fish. If I if I saw a hundred ribbon fish. I bet you I saw a thousand. Stupid. Yeah. Ribbon fish everywhere. If you need good king mackerel bait, you're sitting there, sitting at the house wondering, hmm, maybe I'm going to take my kayak off the beach. Uh, we will go out. We'll have a good time uh, trolling around for kingfish or whatever. I'm going to go down south. I'm going to pull some baits. Get your butt to the to the port. Grab a rattle trap or a glow stick and a little bit of shrimp on a hook and go catch yourself a, a handful of ribbon fish and take good care of them and drag them bastards behind your uh, kayak and see what happens. Typically, small fish don't eat ribbon fish, so be forewarned. But excuse me as I drink from my ice-cold Yeti Rambler. Um, always <laughs> in my hand during the show. There you go. Um Tonight's show is brought to you in part by, uh, well, Yeti. And um, who else? Whoever. RCI. Who else? Richard Good. Down here at Good's Outdoor Shop. KV Outfitters. Bending Branches. A whole laundry list of folks who greatly appreciate everybody's support. And uh, we'll get into the, the thank yous later on. So let's see. Without further ado, Mr. Wade, are you there? Yeah, man. I'm all. I gotta hold on. I gotta find a I gotta find a cool D for you. Hang on a second. Let's see. Oh yeah. <laughs> Party. That one's weak. Oh well. All right, here we go. Becker's intro is pretty good. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I'm Dan. Watch me move, baby. Watch me move. Watch me move. What's going on, Wade? Uh, I'm just chilling. Working. I actually started working uh, 
a job out of the cake today. Uh, I'm still uh, with the company I'm with. I just started working out there, so I've got a different track home, and I was uh, had to stop off and look at where the canoe launch was and look at the water on the way home. I don't normally get to see that coming back from Palm Bay where I normally work. So it's kind of nice. Nice. So tell us about your day during the tournament, man. How you came in second place behind Pep? <laughs> well, that's hard, Pepe. Wasn't for his meddling, I'd have won that tournament. Hey, I, uh, you know, uh, Pepe and I talk a, a, a lot about uh, this that, and another thing. And he had he had pre-fished an area, and I pre-fished a couple areas. I'd actually pre-fished Beacon Forty Two. Uh, a week before, and it was uh, not doing well. And I uh, fished uh, Edie Creek, and it wasn't uh, performing. I had a, a mind that their fishing wasn't going to be very good. And uh, I started out to one of my spots and and uh, headed over there, and uh, and it was nice and calm and flat. Uh, didn't get a fish for like an hour over there fishing. Didn't get nothing. Then all of a sudden I get a nice 20-inch trout. I was like, oh, here we go. It's a redfish tournament. All I'm going to get is trout. <laughs> then I caught a, about a half hour later, I caught a, like a 20-inch red. I was like, hey, if I can get four of these, I'll be happy. And I caught a 19-inch trout. I said, oh, looks like it's going to be one of these days. So get uh, small reds all day. Then I hooked a 32. And uh, later on I hooked a 26. I've had a couple more on one uh I had on for 15 seconds or so, and he threw the hook. And one, I had to uh, take a big swipe at my bait. It was the only tail I saw all day. The only tail I saw all day, I threw at it and hit it and grabbed the bait and didn't get the hook. So I got four fish all day, and that was enough to get me. I had 100.7 inches. Ooh. That is so, well. That's good, man. Your, your biggest one was what? Thirty-three was it? Wait, it was just at thirty-two. It was like it was the thirty-two point. You know, I don't remember. I don't remember if it was just under thirty-two or just over thirty-two. It was one of the others. So I had two. I had two nice size reds, and uh, I was telling Peppy, I said, I think whoever wins is going to get four fish, and two of them are going to be nice quality fish, and that's exactly what happened. The guy that won had two nice quality fish. And two just regular old twenty inches or whatever, you know, and that was yeah. happy. And I got two quality fish and two just regular size fish, and I came in second. But the nice. one his quality fish was just a super big fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I got that forty inch, I was I was you know I was sort of what because that was my second fish. I had already caught a twenty six incher, and then I caught that one when I caught that one I was like yeah I was like oh yeah you know on that one I was okay now I got a 40 inch now all I need is two two fish you know I mean I don't care the size of them I just need two more fish so um and and you should have seen me Wade when I was out there um and I caught that 40 incher just imagine you know how it is with the big fish like that your 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 rod is bowed up your boat oh, yeah. up your 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 kayak is going like it has a motor on it. It's oh yeah, moving around, and then I'm looking around at the same time. I'm looking around. Luckily, I didn't have any flats boats real close to me, 
They were oh, yeah. quite a ways out, probably over 100 yards out. These flats was over, way over 100 yards, and I'm just looking around, making sure nobody is looking at me. You know, like, mm-hmm. I just I was scared that somebody was going to come into where I was, um, and you know, just trying to do everything real low key. You know, trying to trying to do everything really, you know, without anybody noticing what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah, the, the funny thing was, Pat, you saw all these people you said you saw turn off at that one launch. I think they actually turned off at the previous, uh, even earlier launch. And I had that whole flat to myself for a good part of the morning. I saw Drew Mixon out there a little bit later, but, I mean, the flat I was on had, a, you know, it's got room for a lot more than two people. I mean, we never even really crossed paths. I came within 50 yards or so of them, or 75 yards of them one time, just to say, hey. But uh, on that, we uh, we had that whole flat to ourselves all day, you know. So I was happy, because yep. that's the one I like fishing. Thing was, well, I, was just, awesome. I was just hoping it was holding fish, because the week before, I caught one little tiny red out there all day. Well, that's awesome. You guys did a great job and way to represent, and all i got to say is... Uh, Man, that Space Coast Kayaking Group is a strong, strong group of anglers. <laughs> Holy crap. This year, I'm telling you. This, this year in the tournament series, man, in all the different tournaments, you got Justin that won IFA. You got Chris Flores won IFA. You got Justin that won, what, another tournament against the boat anglers he won as well. They won a, the, the Kayak Fishing yeah. Classic. Uh, you got yeah. Drew Mixon uh, uh, winning, winning the Classic. Drew Mixon won the Jack's Classic. That's right. Yep, and then you got, uh, well, you, Pappy, you've been doing great this year. Wade's been doing good this year. Um, man, everybody's just been been tearing it up. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome, pretty awesome. Yeah, so um, let's see. Real and we quick, put a guy uh, on his first red. Remember that uh, last night on the on that uh, other forum? Guy was talking about <laughs> yeah. where to go to get his first red, and he ended up catching That's a right. red today. We get some info, didn't tell him exactly where to fish, and said, look for this, look for that, and he went and did it and caught his first red. There you go. That's awesome. So, yeah, Space Coast Kai Kangler Group is available to you guys on Facebook. If you're not on that group page, you don't technically have to be from the Space Coast area. In fact, most people aren't, but they're just kayak enthusiasts that like this area, would love to fish it and ask questions and so forth. And, um, yeah, feel free to come by and check it out and see what it's all about. It's a private group, so you can feel free to – release a little bit of information from time to time and typically it stays within house obviously in the fishing world sometimes that doesn't happen but going back to the boondoggle real quick if i may something very very interesting has formulated uh an opportunity for people coming into town to do a mothership trip during the boondoggle with sir mr captain alex gorichke Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Alex Gorichki is going to be offering uh, mothership trips launching from Cars Park, just running over to the port, go through the locks, out into the ocean you go, uh, weather dependent, of course, but uh, um, mothership trips if the weather's right to uh, run out and play with all kinds of different creatures that will be cruising around in October. Um, if we can get the ocean to cooperate with us, this this could be – a very epic opportunity. <laughs> the ocean in October typically is very much alive with all kinds of fun and tasty creatures to catch. So um, 
Yeah, how did that all go down, dude? How'd you figure to do that? And then, hold on, well, before we get into that, uh, folks, stick around, because after we talk about this, we're going to hit a real short commercial break. We're going to come back. There's a topic I want to bring up real quick that I think we all would like to chime in on, and that is whether or not the kayak fishing industry should have a record keeper or records. If there should be records or a record keeper who uh, would, like, basically like a governing body that would, uh, like the mm. IFA, I mean like the IGFA, sorry, like the IGFA, who would, you know, literally say, okay, send me your line sample. Okay, send me your measurements. Okay, no, you don't win. <laughs> you know, whatever. And there'd actually be a committee that would make those decisions as opposed to you didn't kill it, so it doesn't count. Like, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Or, you know, you got a measurement of it, but, again, it doesn't count. Or guys on the boat had to get a measurement of it. And the reason why this is such a hot topic right now, if you guys uh, live underneath a rock, uh, there, there's a gentleman who, uh, who was fishing uh, for a record. Um, I mean, it's the only reason why anybody would ever strap themselves to a, a big conventional reel in, in a kayak. Um, but we have a, we have a guy who's gone out and done the unthinkable. This, this gentleman, Joel has gone out and caught himself a 1,247 pound Greenland shark from a kayak. So we'll talk a little bit more about that once we get done with, uh, with what Alice has to say in the commercial break, but getting back to you, sorry about that, brother. I just wanted to kind of parlay into that. Um, yeah, how did that come about? What, what, what made you decide to do the mothership trips? Well, you know, I mean, we did the, yeah, we did the, um, you know, we did the snapper, uh, the snapper season, and it was very successful. And, um, you know, everybody had a really good time out there, and, and, and everybody got really good shots at fish. Um, so I decided that, of course, you know, since Cars Park is such a willing facility, they have the marina right there. Um, people can come straight from their campsite and jump right on the boat and head out. That it'd be a real neat thing to kind of offer to the uh, to the folks coming down, uh, especially from out of area. Um, we, you know, you know as much as as I do that we don't quite get that that South Florida fun that those guys get down there, right, Chuck? No, yeah, we don't get anything like that at all. No, it's it's we don't get to paddle a mile out here and be in 200 foot of water and be jigging for. You know, blackfin doesn't happen. Um, you know, it's a fun fishery. So instead of tempting some of those people with another two and a half hour drive down south, you know, here they can hop right on. And uh, like you said, man, there's that was one of the big driving factors was um, as long as the weather is depend, you know, is is where we need it to be. Um, the ocean in October off of Port Canaveral is just something amazing um you know i mean it's the bottom species all get lit up and hot and just want to eat uh the big kingfish are moving around they're wanting to eat things you know cobia coming through uh it's it's good stuff so if we can get it pulled off and uh and the only thing that will hold us up is weather uh some people are going to have some really fun trips and and I try to keep it, you know, as, as cost-effective as possible, not trying to kill anybody there, just kind of covering expenses and, and, you know, trying to let everybody have a really good time doing it and, you know, something different that they they probably might not even have been thinking about with coming to the area. So, but, um, 
It's awesome. And I've noticed, yeah, I've noticed lately, though, on on the flip side, I noticed lately that you've been you've been putting the clients on the fish like no one's business. It's been good for you. Yeah, you know, the fishing's solid right now. We've come out of that real, uh, it seems like we're starting to kind of come out of the late summer funk, um, even though the water's still a little bit touchy in some areas. Uh, the, the oxygen seems to be back in. The fish seem to be a little bit more active even earlier in the mornings before the oxygen comes up. Um, and the tarpon have just been, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. And I know old, good old T-Will, you know, she's like, there's always been tarpon. But, um, you know, this, this year it just seems like in the river, um, you know, that, that those juvie tarpon are, are certainly thicker than, than I've seen them in, uh, in quite a few years. I've, had, I've seen years, uh, you know, growing, out there, growing up out there on Pine Island, watching the, uh, watching the rollers that happen out there on the end of the road and uh, up the ditch. Um, there were years when they would fill the flats, but this year, I mean, I've been on constant schools of tarpon that, they've gone nowhere for months on end and uh you know they've just invaded flats and sat there and they ain't leaving anytime soon so <laughs> it's uh it's it's pretty phenomenal right now but yeah there was beautiful actually, in the i'm sorry god there was actually quite a few tarpon in the mosquito lagoon uh uh during the tournament too coming back in i saw a few rolling big ones i mean i don't mean giant ones but uh good 15 20 25 pounders you know there were some good sizes. Well, there. that's the thing, too, is, I mean, there's, a, over the past couple of days, uh, I know Jim Ross got a nice one out of the lagoons. Uh, a guy on uh, on Facebook posted a nice one from uh, the upper north uh, Indian River area or somewhere like that, Indian River proper. Um, you know, you get those schools of large fish, and, and they show up every year. I know a month and a half ago they were real heavy down near O'Galley um, on some pogies that were in the river. Um, but you know, this year with these juvie tarpon, it's, it's something that's, uh, it's something that's a little bit crazy. So, but it's good. It's good fun. Clients certainly love oh, it. Yeah. And it's one it's of those things, good, you know, go ahead. it's a good sign for our fishery, man. You know, absolutely. And, and you know what the thing is, is we've had a couple of really mild winters in a row. So, um, yeah. that, that, that goes to show what would happen if we just had a couple more of those, dude, if we have, if we can have a couple more mild winters in a row, our, our tarpon fishery, our snook fishery, uh, even our big trout fishery will just get even stronger, which would just blow my mind. I mean, Peppy and I were out, we were on the skiff one day. Remember, uh, it wasn't that, it wasn't that long ago. And we found some tarpon that were cruising around. They were good sized tarpon for what we would typically see in the river. Um, you know, it's, it's solid, man. I mean, if I had my choice between going looking for redfish or trout or going to play with tarpon, I'm going to choose tarpon every day, um, especially in our in our river, just because it, it was such a, 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 a hard thing to find unless you knew where they where they hid. And nowadays, you just got to go cruise the shoreline and just be patient and keep your eyes open, and you'll uh, you may run across a, a school, but. Killer. Well, we're gonna get back. We're gonna talk back with Alex here in a minute, and, and Wade, and, and we'll talk with Peppy, and then see if we can, uh, you know, throw our two cents into the ring about these kayak fishing records and whether or not it makes sense to try and, you know, have a governing body or something like that that would be able to uh, legit legitimize these records a little bit more than just saying, oh yeah, I heard a story of a guy, or oh here's a picture of a fish, you know, something a little bit more legit, but. 
Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Monday Night Kickoff Show. Stand by. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. Help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. And that typically is the sound that you would hear if you should hook into a monster. Uh, the real drag, real magic, whatever, however you want to call it. Um, that sound is one of those sounds that I think we all live for and, and we love to hear. So with that being said, on the topic at hand, <clears throat> kayak fishing records. Okay. I think that there is, I think that the sport itself of kayak fishing has grown to such a capacity now to where it makes sense and it could warrant having uh, an IGFA style uh, organization that would take actually keep track of record fish to, to go to the extent of line class records and that kind of thing. I don't know if that would be something that would make sense to do right off the bat. But listen, when you have somebody who goes out and drops a bait down in over a thousand foot of water, sitting in a kayak, strapped to a conventional rod like literally strapped to the rod and wenches up a 1,200-pound shark. There's no doubt that that's the largest fish ever caught from a kayak. I mean, I'm not going to argue it, you know. Um, I don't know of anybody that's ever done anything that's even close to that. Uh, a couple weeks back we were talking about, a couple months back we were talking about the uh, estimated 500-pound marlin that was hooked off of uh, the Bahamas during the extreme tournament that the gentleman fought for 11 hours, uh, got leader touch a couple times, which by IGFA standards is a caught fish, um, only to have the naysayers come out of the woodwork and say it wasn't a landed fish, he never had control of the fish, this, that, and the other. Um, how does it break down, or does it make sense to even worry about records in a kayak? Pepe, we'll start with you. I don't know, man. It's one of those. It, it's it's sort of like uncharted waters. You know what I'm saying? It's it's never been like you said. It's never been tracked. No one's ever worried about it. it it's it's one of those things. Hard to say. Um, it, it's sort of to me. I can see the IGFA the way they do it. You know, the way they do it and stuff like that. You know, you got to kill the fish. Um, and if there was a way, I'm all for it, man. If there was a way of doing an IGFA record for kayaks as far as measuring-wise with photos, um, I'm all for that. But, you know, then comes the whole thing about photos, you know. You know, with today's technology and stuff, the Photoshopping, you know, that kind of stuff. Of then you have with that. So I don't know, man. It's kind of I'm all for it, but how do you do it? You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 you know, I would love to see it. I, I say yeah. leader touch, you know, that guy that guy touched the leader, that's a cop fish to me. That's a, in my mind, that's a cop fish. You t- you touch a leader, that's a cop fish. 
Well, um, you know, and in and in reality too, uh, we have to take this into consideration as well. And somebody, I forgot who it was, and let me see if I could find it real quick. And it was a very valid point uh, that this gentleman had made on one of the Facebook pages uh, in regards to leader touches and not having a leader touch and this, that, and the other. Um, oh, it was Ross. Once my computer stops moving, there we go. Um, it was Ross. Ross from over in the West Coast. Uh, it was a Gallagher uh, over in the West Coast said, so you need to paddle a half-ton animal to shore to be legit, question mark. <laughs> you know, and it's true. It's true. Like, think about it for a second. That guy, and most most everyone who fishes in Florida or fishes in the southeast or Heck, who just follows kayak fishing knows now who Ross Gallagher is, right? I mean, Ross is the guy who's over there on the West Coast, and he's crushing giant tarpon from a kayak at night. So he's constantly catching tarpon over 100 pounds on a weekly basis, as he says in, in his post here. Uh, there's no way, A, safety-wise, that it makes sense to try and beach a, a fish that size. Safety-wise for the angler, or safety-wise for the fish. Um, it doesn't make any sense. When you're talking about a 500-pound marlin, how exactly do you expect to control that animal next to a kayak without sticking a spear in his eye? Like, that, that's kind of the, the gray area of it. Now, with the IGFA, most of you guys would know is that uh, they just recently, I think last year, came out to uh, – came out to do a, um, what was it? Oh, the, the measure, the oh, length, overall, length record. Oh, yeah, overall length record. Right, which to me is a little bit more substantial, a little bit, or a little bit easier to, to do uh, for most kayak applications. Now, that's not going to be the case for the offshore guys, those guys in Hawaii, the guys down south who are catching these big fish out of the kayaks and, like, you know, sailfish, marlin, big tunas, and things like that, unless you're killing them, um, to get a legitimate measurement on these fish by themselves. If they have a buddy with them, even then, you're talking about trying to deal with a fish that is, is a lot of times bigger than the kayak that you're sitting in, so or at least, you know, bigger than you are. Um, I don't know. You know, I, it, it kind of aggravates me, to be honest with you, because I look at, like, with Joel uh, – he goes by Joel Kayak Angler on Facebook. I look at what Joel did, this shark, okay? And I've fished in deep water before. I've fished in six, eight hundred foot of water for tilefish and for other species down on the bottom. And I can tell you with quite certainty that there's no way in hell I'd want to do that, like, on a regular basis with a, with a conventional style reel. I would much rather push a button and just sit back and drink a cold beer and wait for the fish's eyeballs to pop out of his head as he gets ripped off the bottom by electric reel. Okay, but this dude, this, this dude dropped his bait. It took him, I read the, I read the whole thing. It would take him 25 minutes to reel the bait to the surface to check it. Just to check the bait. 25 minutes because he's in over a thousand foot of water. Okay. Any way you look at it, if the water down on the bottom is, is super cold and the fish is like really lethargic or let's just say, I don't, I've never even, I mean, I've seen Greenland sharks on TV before, but I, obviously I've never hooked one um, or even been in the same region where they live. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> even if the thing doesn't fight much because of it being cold water, whatever, it's over a thousand pounds. And you're sitting in a kayak strapped to a rod. Like, That's here's, cool. there's no... Cool there's, a thousand there's no, pounds up. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no disputing it. Nobody has a valid, a valid argument to say that it is not the most incredible catch from a kayak. Nobody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, the, the Marlin, 11-hour fight. Now, what everybody forgets, it was an 11-hour fight on a spinning rod with, like, 30- or 40-pound braid with a, basically a kingfish rig and a goggle eye. 11 hours he was towed around on top of the ocean by a freaking marlin. Regardless of whether or not the, the fish bled or whatever, there should be, in my opinion, there should be some kind of a website or something where these types of stories are like solidified in, in stone, where this, this is the kind of crap that you tell your kids why you want to get in the kayak fishing because this is what's possible. It shouldn't be, well, oh, well, he didn't do this or he didn't do that. To me, this doesn't even, these don't even categorize themselves as records. This is like superhuman crap here, okay? So, you know, records as in the biggest redfish, records as in the biggest sea trout, that kind of stuff. It's a completely different level than what, what these couple of few people have been able to accomplish out of a kayak. A bluefin tuna from a kayak, like, what, really? <laughs> you know, the guy who did it up in North Carolina, off the, off the coast of North Carolina, a bluefin tuna from a kayak. Like, that's crazy. That is nuts. You know? I mean, uh, am I the only one that thinks that way? I mean, I feel, I, honestly, I feel that these types of situations, guys who go out and catch over a 1,000-pound fish, or he's the first one to ever break the 1,000-pound mark, from a from a from a modern day kayak, okay. Because let's not forget, Eskimos have been killing whales and walruses and crap out of dugout canoes and kayaks for hundreds yeah. of years, right? But we're talking about conventional fishing and, and modern day kayaking. Uh, there's there's been a few stories this, the last couple of years that have been just epic stuff, absolutely epic stuff, and. You know, it's funny because every time someone does this, there's a great debate on all of the kayak fishing forums and all the social media of whether or not it should be considered a record, if it is a record, and who, who's the judge on that, the guy who's running the page? I mean, it just it seems sometimes to be one-sided. And I'll go one step further with that. When this story first broke, right, when the 1,000-pound pound shark story first broke, Right, there was an article that was written. It made no mention of the 11-hour fight the guy had in the Bahamas. No mention whatsoever. But it talked about other big fish that have been caught. Now, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, and you guys feel free to jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, a leader-touch fish is a legit caught fish per IGFA records. There is no governing body that is as strict in rules as the IGFA, okay? The dude, regardless of whether or not the fish even knew it was hooked or not, touched the leader, caught fish, five, 
an estimated 500-pound marlin from a dude who's a charter captain who's caught 500-pound marlin in the Bahamas before. From a kayak, 11-hour fight, not a mention, nothing. It was discredited by the guys over in Hawaii. It was discredited by dudes down in Mexico. It was discredited by people in Australia. Everyone discredited the catch because he never had control of the fish, and it ended up breaking him off. I got. I'll be honest. I was a little. I was a little perturbed by that because I felt like, look, man, that is not taking nothing away from Joel and his twelve hundred, thirteen hundred pound shark. That that's probably the most epic fishing battle from a kayak I've ever heard of. Eleven hours on one fish on a spinning rod. I think it deserves a little bit more credit than to be written off as oh, it didn't really count because it didn't bleed. Wade, what do you say? You caught me on mute. (laughs) (laughs) The old man fell asleep. (laughs) No, I was I was just listening. I was didn't want to make noise in the background, so I muted myself. No, no worries. I um, I think all this uh, this big fishing is extraordinary. It's intimidating to me. I mean, I've only been offshore once. I you know out there at Perdido and caught that nice snapper. Uh, Alex sitting right next to me, and uh, I thought I was going in the dang water. I don't know what I would do if you I caught the, one of those big, big giant fish. You weren't the only you one know? who thought you were going in the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, anybody that does that kind of stuff, I have uh, much respect for, you know, because I've been out there and done a, a little bit of it, and it was, uh, you know, just being on the water and out there paddling around wasn't intimidating to me. I mean, paddle back in <laughs> strong winds that just warm me out wasn't intimidating but a fish that can almost pull you in the water is kind of intimidating you know yeah and then and then take that and strap yourself to the rod that you're attached to <laughs> yeah and and pull on a thousand pound shark from over a thousand foot of water i mean it's just the, the, like i said i said it with the, with the marlin thing there's there's a there's a few occasions when somebody does something so crazy that you can't help but just be like, sir, you are the man, <laughs> right? Joel, kayak angler, yeah. whatever your real last name is, brother, you, sir, are the man. I seriously doubt you're going to listen to this podcast, but if you do, you've got my undevout respect. I mean, it's – it's. Uh, I don't even want to do that from a normal fighting chair. No desire whatsoever to drop a bait a thousand foot of water to catch a thousand pound shark intentionally. <laughs> I did just, you know, I you don't know, want to. Good. To to kind of bring it back around though, um, you know, with the IGFA and the the line touch and all that, you know, there's no reason why, and and I wouldn't mind bringing up one of the bar local clubs that does virtually the same thing as the IGFA does. And, you know, the FSFA um, has held, you know, their little record books for 50 years now. Um, And it's not as involved, but they still actually mimic all of the, you know, all of their their rules and, and everything else, mimic the IGFA's word for word. Um, you know, and there's no reason why, 
we couldn't come up with a way and to to have that for kayak side because it does add an inherent you know danger to whatever you're pursuing um you know Joel, obviously, with that, that Greenland shirt, that's epic stuff, dude. I don't care if a boat was there to help him measure it. I don't care what it is. You yank that thing off the bottom, that's epic. You know, it's, there's no other way to describe it. It's, you know, bone-chilling cold water up there, and he's out there strapped in. If he goes over the side, he's done. You know, he's going to probably die in a minute. So, I mean, that's just the, the, the epicness is, is, you know, un, undoubtable in that. You know, but to come up with a way to keep records, you know, just like you're saying, is I think a great idea. And um, just like it, you know, uh, the FSF, uh, the FSFA uh, here in, in uh, on the Space Coast, um, you know, the Perez's and, and several other people got into battles fighting for these line class records in there, which actually led to them breaking numerous and still standing line class oh, yeah. records in the IGF. You know, and, and that was all born from them battling each other in the FSFA. I mean, that was just what they did, and it transferred right over. Um, you know, they have stuff like 20-pound general tackle and, you know, light tackle and ultralight, which is under four pounds. You know, and it's not as, you know, it's not as, oh, your line broke it. Because I've gone after a record, and, and we would have had it if we would have put in for a four-pound record. We thought we had a two-pound test line put in for the two-pound record, and it broke it no. out. You know, so we were out that – it was a triple-tail record, and we were out that record. Um, whereas, the I, you know, in, in their little spiel, you know, the FSFA, you would have a four-pound – you know, ultralight triple-tail at 15 pounds, which was what our fish was. It was two-pound test and 15-pound fish. Um, and boom, that's your, you know, that's your record. And it wasn't, oh, here, send me 35 feet of your line so I can break every seven foot of it and see if it all matches. And, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be as involved as the IGFA. And I mean, it'd be tough because you'd want to have it international so that you didn't have what you said with the Marlin. And that's an epic battle. And, you know, line touch on that. So you have a, you know, maybe a grand slam of Marlin. And you don't have to land fit the fish. Maybe get a hold of the leader and get a picture of you with a, a hold of the leader next to your, you know, next to your boat. Yeah. You knock off four marlin off of your grand slam list, and boom, they send you a big old, you know, plaque or something like that. You know, something like that. A governing body to hold some kind of records and standards is, is there's nothing wrong with it, and it only, you know, human beings, especially you know this Chuck and and, and anybody else, human beings. Period, but especially males love to beat their chest and love to push for the top and it would do nothing I think but further you know further the sport as you know and legitimize it in some people's eyes too because there's a yeah, lot of I've, people that I got, you know you, you know uh, you know you know some of the looks I'm sure you know some of the looks that I got pulling those kayaks out there you know 30 miles off of Port Canaveral you know those guys yeah. that are hardcore off offshore fishing guys don't legitimize somebody sitting in a plastic boat period you start having a governing body with somebody pushing out some, you know, some stuff saying, look at what we're doing. And, you know, it can't be bad for the sport as a whole by any means. Yeah, well, and that brings up another really interesting point as well, which is um, can you or, or what would constitute a 
a uh, a record caught fish? Like what other kinds of things? Uh, one of the things that were brought up was, hey, uh, listen, if you're if you're doing a mothership trip and a boat got you out there, that doesn't count. And I look at it like, well, that's all well and good if you live on the coastline where it drops off to a million <laughs> foot of water, and you can do that. But in in the real world, in 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 not in fantasy land and in TV land, but in the real world, um, for Peppy and me and Wade or anybody from the Space Coast to be able to go out and, and chase these fish, um, the bigger game fish offshore, we would really have to hire somebody or we don't really have to hire you because you're a boy, but <laughs> we'd have to get somebody like Alex to uh, to run us offshore to get to those wrecks and reefs because, quite frankly, listen, while we've all done, everyone talking on this radio show has all done over 28 miles in a kayak in a day, okay, I'm not doing 28 miles in a kayak in the ocean in a day. That's just stupid. No. So. Me neither. <laughs> but see, I, I'd have to play devil's advocate there because, see, I would I would feel like in, in – because of the the prestige that the IGFA holds with the tight line class records and everything like that, and the um, the amount of if you've ever put in for one of those records, it is a royal pain. It's not an easy thing, you know. Right. Those things, I I personally think that even if you're say that that fishing isn't readily acceptable, well, it's very common for somebody in a uh, in you know anywhere to go, I really want to catch the IGFA uh, eight-pound class Great Trevally. And they'll travel to the Seychelles 25 times to get that one fish, you know. And that's what kind of holds that prestige, that it isn't easy. And it would have to spark a whole thing like, okay, so once you get over fish that are measurable on a board, you know, i.e. four and a half, maybe five foot, um, you know, do you go to a tape measure in the water next to the fish? You know, how do you measure that out and verify and everything? Which it wouldn't be easy. But, you know, with with the way IGFA is and, and some other non-kill ones, I think that there's enough platforms out there that if somebody was wanting to, I don't know who would do it. I certainly can't do it. I ain't got enough time. I'm too busy. But... You know, if somebody was willing to put that in, and who knows, who knows who would want to do that? Um, then you know, I mean, I think personally, it would take off like a rocket ship for one. Um, well, I wouldn't mind having my advertising attached to it, but <laughs> but you know, I mean, I I, I think one is you, you, the hard the hard hard. I don't want to say hardness, but the the difficulty of the catch might be in the fact that you got to travel. 150 or 500 miles just to get to where you can even have a shot at catching said record fish, you know? Right. Well, and, and I mean, we had, uh, okay, I was, I was involved in a conversation in, at ICAT, uh, in Vegas. Not this past year, obviously, but the year prior. And it was, it was a very interesting, uh, conversation. It was held between, the guys from uh, Kayak Angler Magazine, Kayak Fish Magazine, and YakAngler.com. So, arguably, probably three of the biggest uh, kayak, you know, media outlets 
on the planet. Would anybody disagree with that? I think that the, they're pretty they're pretty much the, the main three, right? <clears throat> so we're sitting here and we're talking uh, about this exact topic, kayak fishing records, and then then the then the idea of a kayak fishing hall of fame came up, and all of this kind of thing, which would go along down the road with the uh, record situation if that should ever come to fruition. Um, and it was very interesting to hear the different perspectives of the different organizations and, and hearing what those guys had to say, and everybody had the same consensus. That is a great, great idea, the, the records thing. Great idea. Brilliant idea. Nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody wanted to touch it. Everyone, every, yeah, everybody was like, oh, man, that's, that's freaking awesome. That would be a great idea. And everyone's like, we ain't doing it. No, I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm not sitting on the board. And so just like we just said, everybody wants to play uh, with the armchair quarterback. But at the same time, you know, no one's really willing to step up. And What's that? So put your boy Tucker on it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, but, you know, nobody – It would seriously take the, you know – the heads of or or you know maybe some of the you know larger companies that are coming into kayak fishing or that are already in kayak fishing you know to come together and say as a as an industry whole we're going to start this organization because unless you have have uh, it's it's, it's got to have some kind of legitimacy or it doesn't it won't be able to spread far enough to where it would even be worth somebody's time well, to do I mean, of course, cool to have a bunch of redfish. Yeah, I know. I, I agree yeah. with you. But what I, what, I, what I think would be uh, interesting would be um, something that would be along the lines of IGFA, where you have you have a membership fee that you get that you pay into, and that gets you certain benefits and discounts around the world and country and whatever else. And then, uh, but also too. Uh, cuts down on the cost of having to do the the application process, just like the IGFA does. If you're a member of the IGFA, it doesn't cost you as much to try and go for a record as it does if you're a non-member. So, same kind of I, thing. I was correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought unless you were a, a member of the IGFA, that you, could, you it was a precursor to you going for a record, not just no, no, you, who I caught you, you can, fish. Or, no, you can still you can still fish. You can still catch a record fish, not being part of the IGFA, the application process costs you more. Ah, okay. Yep, yep. Because like that girl uh, that girl in, in Mexico that caught that giant wahoo, it was like, I forget, 180-something pounds, 190-something pounds, whatever craziness it was, she wasn't part of the yeah, IGFA. Like 12, she was just on vacation. Or... And, yeah, she was on vacation in Mexico with her family, and they just so happened to catch the, the biggest wahoo I've ever seen in my entire life. And, uh, you know, it's still, I mean, obviously it's a world record. It's just, it stands as such today. But, but you know, it's I tell everybody I've thing. only ever caught half wahoos, Chuck. <laughs> In Bahamas, I've right? only ever caught so, half but, wahoos. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> so that kind of opens up the other gate, the other gate being the, IG, the IGFA Hall of Fame style kayak fishing Hall of Fame. If there could really be such a thing as a Hall of Fame down the road, a very interesting conversation that popped up while we were talking at, at ICAST 
um, with that group of guys was, hey, uh, so who would be who would be right now the first class inductees into the IGFA? I mean, into the uh, Kayak Fishing Hall of Fame, hypothetically speaking, if there was such a thing. And when you sit back and you think about it, right? A lot of names are probably popping into people's heads right now. A lot of somewhat recent names and people who have kind of made it a, 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 an impact in our sport over the last, say, five years, okay? But, we, but what was brought up was, well, no, you guys are missing the point. And the guys over on the West Coast, they, the guys from uh, Kayak England Magazine were like, whoa, 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 whoa. What about this guy? What about that guy? And these are dudes that nobody's heard of for the most part. These are guys that were fishing from modern-day kayaks before it was ever even thought about being done. You know, there was a guy down in South Florida that used to fish all the tournaments down there from a kayak way back in the day in black-and-white photos. That guy probably deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, and then you got guys like, and and I'll throw it out there just for sake of argument, You've got guys that have accomplished things like what uh, what Brian Nelly do- does down there with all the freaking sailfish that guy catches. You know, you got you got a guy who's caught more billfish in that I know of than anybody else in the continental United States. Brian seems to catch a freaking sailfish every third trip or every other trip. <laughs> He's like the only person that could pretty much go out there and just put people on their first sailfish. It's like, yeah, let's go catch sailfish today. Um, so, you know, that would there be a classification for a dude like that? Maybe not necessarily Hall of Fame status, but like what Alex was going back to earlier, which would be um, uh, maybe there's a 100 billfish club or 50 billfish club or something like that, you know. And Look, Virginia Beach, and this is, this is something else that gets me. We're in Florida, the fishing capital of the world, allegedly, and our state doesn't have a citation program. Okay, no citation program. Go to Virginia Beach, and they have a citation program where, say, Pepe goes out and catches that 40-inch redfish. That fish may be considered for a citation, which would not a citation as in you got to pay a fine, <laughs> a positive citation where, hey, here, here's a piece of paper basically saying you caught what you caught. Like, that's cool. But the state itself holds these, all of this information, all this data, and you can work towards uh, a actual um, master angler, I think is what they call it, or something along those lines, uh, level that you can get to. And it's kind of like once you're there, you've pretty much shown all your friends that, look, I've reached the pinnacle of what our state, you know, uh, recognizes as excellence in fishing. And I've done it from a kayak. Like, I think that's pretty cool. That might be something that, Maybe we try to put together a petition or something like that for the state of Florida to do at some point because, I mean, think about it. How cool would that be to be able to say, yeah, man, I went out and I caught, you know, I've got 19 citation whatever, sea trout. Say a sea trout over 25 inches is considered a citation fish. How many of those, how many citation fish have we all caught this year? Tons. So it's like, I don't know, you know, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know. There's a lot to it, man. It, it, I think it could be it, it could be pretty interesting, you know, going forward and maybe seeing if something like that could ever come to fruition. What do you think? Well, that, I'd hate to sound like a broken record, but yes, 
and you know, like the the Florida Sport Fishing Association, they do that to where once once you crawl through all the line classes and and different types of tackle and achieve certain accomplishments, you work your points up to being a master angler or an advanced angler, and 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 you work your way up. And I think the idea of you know uh, the fact that we don't have a program like that here is right along the lines with the fact that we don't have a statewide hatchery program and stuff like that. It's just bewildering to me with as much of our economy being driven by this fishing and sport fishing, especially industry, that, that more people don't pay attention to that. But, you know, that's just kind of the state we live in, I guess. And, um, you know, and but to have something like that would be amazing. And, you know, and it's, it, it is bewildering me that our state doesn't already do that because most of them do, like you said. Uh, and that's not just for, you know, Virginia. A, a lot of those, those coastal states as you go up, I believe both the Carolinas, um, I mean, most states, I believe, have some. A lot of states keep a lot better track of the fisheries they have, too, than our state does, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. Tubby, would you, would you get involved in a program like that? I mean, it only makes sense. Oh, I would definitely. If, I, if we had citations, I would definitely be involved in something like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Wade, you see these other states doing it. Yeah, I would definitely. Why not? More than. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I like Wade. Wade's all laid back. Like whatever. Just throw. Yeah, put me in. I'm cool. Yeah. I, I don't think know. I got I started I... in this tournament stuff. I never worked. I never. I never fished a tournament till. Uh, I think my first tournament ever was the first Emily tournament. And uh, like Alan's a day, you want to fish a tournament? And I was like, sure. And then Peppy goes, hey, won't you fish a tournament? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Otherwise, I probably never would have fished a tournament. Yeah. Now, I, now I, I live for it. I love it. You know. There you go. <laughs> and and speaking of uh, speaking of Alan, Alan's up in Jacksonville, crashed out at the Sensi household. I hope you're listening to the show. I seriously doubt it. Since Alan's pretty much just abandoned us. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. He's out there yeah, trying to get his, yeah. blood, his blood tied redfish, and uh, I guess he just saw some today. He hooked one, lost it in the grass or whatever. Um, that's he's, cool. He's one of those yeah. Hall of Famers, man. He ain't got no time for us. <laughs> he got no time for nobody. He's up there. He's, he's, he's one of them Hall there. of Famers. He ain't got no time for us, man. He's up there eating <laughs> caviar with uh, with Chris Bensey and his cougars. Those cougar cats he's got them bobcat looking things. Main coon cats, whatever. Rip your face off. Anyway. Cool. Well, we covered a lot of stuff tonight. Feel pretty good about that. Uh, again, we got our buddy uh, Austin's there in the uh, in the chat room. Don't forget, again, this weekend, uh, you can still go and sign up. You can sign up all the way up until the morning of, I believe, right, Austin, uh, for the tournament. I think he said he had 130 registrants for the event. It's going to be fun. Always is. Come on out, help a help a, a, a very very worthy cause in uh, helping to keep Emily in her school. There you go. Oh wait, early registration closes at ten o'clock tonight. There you go. So if you want to get in on early registration, chop, chop. It closes tonight at ten. So you got about forty two minutes, and uh, but you can register the day of the event as well. It's just going to cost you five million dollars. Um, yeah, there you go, Alex. Well spent, Mark. And don't for, don't forget our illustrious uh, 
KBB Outfitters, Harry Goods, Challenge, Day Challenge. Uh, oh, yes. Hold on. Let's well, there's a girl challenge, too. The, the, the girls are in on it, too. Yeah, I think. Did we, yeah. yeah. Did we have we got a couple pictures? of teams. We got a couple of teams set up. Let's, let's, since we got one of the Harry Goods Outdoor fishing team members on the show, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about getting called out by the uh, the Harry Goods Outdoor Shop fishing team, calling out KBB Outfitters <laughs> fishing team. Uh, that's no, that's meddling Mike you know Canine, what? man. Let me tell you. Let me tell Back you something. come up with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Noah's idea. Listen, what? Listen, you guys know me. You guys know me well enough to know that. Okay, I, I've got KBB Outfitters, my own little shop, whatever, whatever. And it, it would be who it would boggle most of your minds to think that I would ever want to help out another shop. <laughs> why would you help out another shop? Well, I'll tell you why because it makes good sense. But the guys like Richard down at Harry Goods Outdoor Shop and Eddie up at New Smyrna Outfitters um, are are top notch dudes. Really cool guys. Uh, I spent the entire morning up there at New Smyrna Outfitters this morning. Came home with a new stripping basket, which will look awesome on the PA-17 and on the bow of Peppy's boat and Alex's boat. And uh, it's actually autographed by one of my, my personal uh, uh, idols, which is uh, Mr. Flip Pallet, which I thought was pretty cool. Maybe it'll bring some good you know, juju to the bow of the boat or to the 17-foot PA. But anyhow, so the challenge was thrown down that the – fishing team from Harry Goods Outdoor Shop wanted to do a little bit of a side bet. That fishing team consists of my co-host, that's right, Peppy Vardell, <laughs> Alan Ryan, Mike Canine, uh Noah Miller, and Greg Berry. Uh, threw down the gauntlet, so let's do a side bet against KBB Outfitters' best guys. So I sat back and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, self, who would you put on your team if you wanted to lay the smacketh down upon somebody's candy ass? <laughs> so I said, I said, well, can't go wrong with a boy, Alex Gritsky. And you can't go wrong with Wade Holloway. You certainly can't go wrong with the man of the year, Mr. Justin Ritchie, who, oh, by the way, during Boondoggle, will be representing the U.S. in Amsterdam, fishing Hell for yeah. Andar and pike and walleye and other strange creatures that swim over there. And I'm like, all right, well, who else has been on some really nice fish? <laughs> you know who it is. Randy Moon in English. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, Randy Murray. He's not in the chat room tonight. What's up with that? He's probably sleeping. He's old. So, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, all right, I need somebody else to round it out. So who can I pick out to? Who can I pick out to round it out? And believe it or not, I had this conversation with Alex. Yes, you did. Yeah, we had this remember. conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had this conversation, and I was like, you know what? Aaron Barber's been on some nice fish, too. That guy can catch some fish. So we threw Aaron Barber on the team. That's our team. Our team is uh, is, is, is that. Don't, and then, 
Yeah. Hold on. Right. And so Alex is like, dude, we got to throw a junior in the squad. And like, yeah, junior angler, that's that's smart. I like that. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, which junior angler should we should we go with? Well, why not Captain Alex, Alex Grichke's son, Logan? That makes sense. Kid can fish, right? Kills it. There you go. And now I throw the challenge back at Harry Goods Outdoor Shop. I don't think you guys have picked the junior angler yet, have you? Um, we were supposed to have – we were going to have Alan's nephew, and I think Alan's nephew is actually going hunting. Yeah, he'll be hunting. That weekend. Hey, I know, I know somebody you can use. He's 16 years old. He's uh, – he recently fished a tournament at Cars, and uh, <laughs> you guys ain't getting it. You guys are getting it. Yeah, no, I got it. Was that? No, we're not doing it. So. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, so Tammy, Tammy Wilson hears about this situation, and she's like, fish on a team. And so, was it Tammy, Tyler, Vollmer? Who, oh, Vicky. Drew? Drew, I think Drew Mixon. And someone else. I forget. But regardless, they're going to fish this team kayaks by bow. And we'll have my team and we'll have the other team. So there you go. We'll have Richard's, Rich, uh, Harry Goods Outdoor Shops team. You'll have KBB Outfitters and um, the kayaks by bow team. It's still open. If you're out there and you're listening, you got a group of five people, you want to put together a little team, a little side bet action, um, just for fun, raise a little bit of extra money. There you go. Be more than happy to uh, to to pony up and speak up on the Space Coast Kai thing. We're from news feed. There's a link there, or there's a topic there where we were called out, and you can feel free to jump on there and uh, you know put together your team. There is a feed. So, it's uh, what is it? Ten bucks a piece or something like that. Ten bucks, ten bucks ten an dollars. angler. Yeah, ten, ten bucks, bucks an angler. No big deal. Yeah, yep. ten bucks an angler. And uh, I don't know if we're gonna have a chalice in time for the tournament, but I will have a chalice made up at some point because I think that this is something that will be fun to kind of carry on, maybe quarterly or even twice a year or something like that. Just throw down like a you know, different challenge to each each little shop and their pro staff or their fishing team or whatever you want to call it, ambassadors, what have you. So there you have it. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. That's pretty much it. Anybody oh. else got anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got something. So, okay. Give me just a second. So Alex... Alex last week threw down the gauntlet and said, listen, I'm going to give away a fishing trip with me to somebody when we reach our next milestone in likes uh, for the Monday Night Kickoff Show's Facebook page. Uh, I looked at our numbers from the last couple of weeks, and we should have a lot more likes than what we got <laughs> because we've been we've been doing pretty well. So, Let's uh, let's see if we can get our numbers up a little bit. Alex is willing to donate a charter with him uh, to somebody who we will we will randomly pick in a drawing. 
once we reach uh, said number, I would say I think the next the next big milestone would be 500 likes. Um, if we can get to that, that'd be cool. Uh, but I'll leave that up to Alex if he wants to do it there. If he wants to go, you know, to a thousand or whatever he wants to do. Um, so get on it. Go to the Facebook page. It's the Monday Night Kickoff Show Kayak Fishing Radio Facebook page. Um, you can find it by going to my page too. I've recently put up some stuff. Peppy has as well. And um, there you go. So what, you, what else did you have, Peppy? Oh, I was going to mention it. I'm chunking bait this weekend, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's okay because the KBB KBB Outfitters Bait Collection Service starts on Thursday, and we'll have plenty to throw ourselves. Oh, believe me, I I just got myself an eight-foot custom-made cast net that that baby is going to catch me bait. On Friday, I'm gonna catch my bait. <laughs> you're just gonna catch a. You're just gonna catch a, a big barnacle rock on the first cast, man. Big giant barnacle rock, yeah. rip a big hole in your brand new eight foot net. That's just a prediction. Oh, That's just a prediction. There you go. So the uh, the the captain's meeting for the tournament is gonna to be Friday night from five o'clock to seven o'clock at KBV Kaiser KBV Outfitters. <clears throat> All the other details can be found at www.helpemilynow.org. Um, there's that. And then, uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled for some other things we've got coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm trying to line up a couple more guests to have here on the show. What's funny is a lot of the people I want to come on the show are, like, nervous to come on the show and, you know, whatever. I'm trying to get um, my buddy from Adventures Custom Rods, Mr. Durwood Roberts, I'm trying to get him on the show, and he's like, oh, I don't want to get on the show. I'm nervous about that kind of thing. And uh, talk to some other folks, too. So, But uh, understand that we're going to have great guests lined up um, for the weeks to come uh, as uh, we progress into the fall season. Um, you know, it's, it's that time of year where some of these guys will want to get on the show and talk about their new products that are coming out. All the 2015 stuff is shipping by the end of this month. So all of your local kayak shops and all of your local tackle shops should start to get their new inventory leading up to the Christmas season. I would highly encourage everybody to do as as much uh, local shopping as you can, whether it's uh, with my store or or with Richard's or with Eddie's or wherever you're from. I know we've got listeners from all over the country and parts of the world. Um, you know, shop local as much as you can. If you need to go online, do so. But, you know, try and help out the, the mom and pop guys who aren't feeling private jets. Um, and then uh, with that being said, Alex, if someone wants to do a charter, man, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, best chance to find me is on the old interweb at locallinescharters.com. Or you can always give me a call at 321 Three two five five. You know, you know what we do here. We do the uh, we do the kayak fishing. We got the skiff. We got the mothership deal going out in the ocean. Uh, pretty much any way you want to do it, we can get it done. Got paddle boards if you want to hop on those too, and uh, we can go out there and have a really good time. And you know, you everybody knows how the the fishing can be around here. It's uh it's pretty epic when it's on. So come out and have a good time with us. 
That's who I'd like to have on here as a guest at some point, man, because I've I've always wanted to talk to him on the show and just kind of hear his story and kind of how he's gotten to where he's at and all that kind of thing is Derek, man. Yeah, we'll have to uh, – I'll see if I can't contribute a little bit more to the uh, the guest schedule and stuff like that and, and uh, see if we can't maybe broaden the horizons a bit. Yeah, I think D, I think D would be a really cool guest. Um, you know, from kind of starting off with the bold water and kind of doing that what he's doing with BD and uh, all water and all that kind of thing. So, but anyhow, no, that's cool, man. I appreciate it, Alex. And of course, as always, you guys can check out his write-ups that he does in the Coastal Angler Magazine, um, which, by the way, looks great now with the new look. You know, it's fine. Yeah, they. they uh snazzied us up a little bit on that one and um yeah it's definitely looking good and and uh i knew that was coming out like that and kind of didn't really want to say anything to anybody and yeah definitely if you haven't picked up uh, the latest edition of coastal angler magazine go check it out because we went glossy on the cover and and uh, a more high definition print uh in inside too so it's still the uh you know it's still the newsprint on the inside but uh it's got a little bit more high definition to it it's a great looking magazine now so they're great people too. So, very cool. Uh, and guys, of course, if you ever want, if you if you're part of a kayak club around Florida, uh, Central Florida, North Florida, wherever, and you're looking for some guest speakers, and if you're ever interested in having any one of us uh, in your group as a guest speaker, feel free to contact us for that as well. Um, Wade, what do you got, man? Anything? Hey, I'm just uh, chilling, listening to y'all. Go at it, man. <laughs> words of wisdom words of wisdom from Wade Hollowell. Thanks, brother. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just sitting back chilling, man. That's cool, brother. Enjoying, I did, enjoying uh, all the wisdom you spouting. Yeah. I did forget. Uh, I'm actually doing a seminar for the southern uh chapter of the Florida Sport Fishing Association, odd enough because I talked about them enough tonight. Um tomorrow evening at uh I believe seven o'clock. And I believe that's at the Lagoon House down in Melbourne. Uh, if you want right. to check out my Facebook page, I'll be pay- posting on exact dates or exact time and place and everything like that. So. Killer. Fabby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Everybody's watching football. That's what's going down. Hey, hey, that's exactly, yeah, right? that's exactly what's happening. Everyone's got football on. I got it on. I got it on. I was watching the touchdowns, and I was like, okay, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, typical week, I'd be like, Peppy, go ahead, brother. And you'd be like, okay, i like to thank. And this yeah. time it's, <laughs> you, it's uh, you just caught me in the middle. Of, <laughs> right in the middle when they were scoring a touchdown, I'm watching how it happened, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no oh, problem, are, we doing, are we doing our sponsors? Is that what we're doing? Are we doing our sponsors? Yeah, man. Yeah, get, get we're shutting it down. You're 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 putting a cork in this fine show, man. You don't want to stop right now. I want to go watch for a couple. Almost a couple more hours. Hey, I'll give you mine. Do it. Watercraft, book one. KBB Outfitters, kayaks by Bo. And uh, you know, even though I'm not sponsored uh, by them, I still uh, love my Slayers and uh, and RCI Optics. So that's it for me. There you go. Good bet. Oh, hey, my sponsor, I'd like to thank the Native Watercraft. Um, that 
let me tell you, native watercraft, I, I used to propel um, everybody, and let me tell you, that reverse, when I caught that 40-inch redfish uh, Saturday, let me tell you, that reverse came in very handy. Very handy when that reverse came in. Um, so um, uh, native watercraft, power pole, again, that power pole came in very handy this weekend when I find that fish. <laughs> That, I mean, that is, there's nothing, let me tell you something. When you're fighting a fish that big like that, and that thing is pulling drag, and it's taking you around, stops, goes, stops, goes, all this stuff, that power pull, all you, you have that button, you push it down, anchor yourself, fight the fish. When he starts running, lift the power pull again, go, put it down again. Let me tell you, it is so handy, that power pull. It really comes in handy when it comes to that situation right there. Um, let me continue. Uh, Aquabound Paddles, Harry Goods, RCA Optics, Temple Fork Outfitters, Slurry Glures, Sea Deck, KBB Outfitters, Kayak Baboa, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Tailing Toads, and Herrera Steli Cigars. Did you get your cigars? All right, all right. Yes, and I'm, in a, I'm about to get another box. I'm I, I want another box. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, and, uh, yeah. Good. Hey, Chuck. I uh, forgot I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Ricky. That's I used his lures this weekend. That's what I caught all my fish on. It was just uh, I normally, you know, that's another one I've added to my arsenal. One you carry in your shop. There you go. Ricky so. Banks lures. The Flaps Creeper's been getting it done. So, uh, I guess it's my turn. So I'd like to thank Tackle Webs, Clear Your Deck for Battle. Captain Mike Ortigo from Fisher, Florida Radio has always been a good friend of mine. He's like my brother from another mother. In fact, it's funny because at trade shows, a lot of times we get mistaken for one another. But if you don't have a Tackle Webs on your kayak, man, take the time to go check them out, tacklewebs.com. You can come by Kayaks by Bo. He's got them there. Uh, definitely makes – uh, utilizing the storage space that is already existing on your boat without taking up extra floor space. There you go. Um, I'd like to thank Kobe Kayaks, of course. Um, I don't, yeah, it kind of goes without saying how I feel about Hobie. Um, looking forward to getting that TA-17 in the, in the mix. And Alex and I have already got big plans for the no motor zone with that thing, um, which I just uh, took possession of a, uh, 20, I think a 21 foot stiffy hybrid push pole. <laughs> so uh, we'll be push pulling for days. We'll get to the bridge in like five pushes. So that'd be sweet. Um, <laughs> that, that in a platform, and we are on it. We are on it, indeed, my good friend. Uh, real adrenaline energy drinks. As if I need any more uh, adrenaline, uh, there or energy. There you go, real adrenaline energy drink. Excuse me. Uh, Ego Nets, E&O, Adventurous Custom Ads. You heard me talk about them earlier. Derwood Roberts, let me tell you what. This guy's building some really, really nice sticks, man. I know Randy English's entire uh, fleet of rods has now become the Adventurous Custom Rods. Uh, I've known Derwood for a number of years. Super awesome guy. <clears throat> if you're in the market for a custom rod and you're looking for something that's that's truly a workhorse, Derwood builds everything from ultralights to bent butt marlin rods. I fished with everything that that guy's made from, from tuna sticks to dolphin sticks to jig and rock. Um, so check him out. He's awesome. Uh, Powerpole, of course. 
Peppy, Peppy pretty much told you what the deal was with that. Slayer Inc. Lures with boy Chris Sensi, even though you're crazy, still my boy. Appreciate all your support. Betting Branches Paddles, Intova Cameras, and, of course, CPEC. Um, with that being said, folks, we really appreciate you guys listening in tonight. Uh, please do us all a favor, and if you've heard us mention one of our sponsors, please go tell them you heard about them on our show. Um, it really helps us out a lot. And they, they appreciate it. We appreciate it, and it's going to turn out to be uh, a better situation for all involved. With that being said, I'd like to thank everybody once again, and have a safe week. Um, God bless, and take a kid fishing in the future of our sport. And with that, we are out. See ya. See ya. Sweet.